The Minnesota Vikings have brought joy and misery to the Vikings fans for many years. At the Skull Purple Podcast, we just want to see the Vikings party with the Lombardi. Join us for analysis, interviews, laughs, and much more. It's the podcast by Vikings fans for Vikings fans. The Skull Purple Podcast starts now. Here's your host, Carson Schubert. Welcome in to the Skull Purple Podcast, another preview of the 2023 season. Uh, one of the three previews that uh, we have done or are doing, depending on uh, where this one has been released. Uh, yes, great, uh, <laughs> great promotion right there. Um, <laughs> welcome in to the show. Um, we're happy to have Andrew from Lions Fan Report. Uh, on with us and uh, he's going to talk to us about how the lions are going to win the super bowl and uh that things are all going well over in the motor city so um looking forward to talking with him also uh forgot to mention this um on one of our shows um but uh, make sure to join us during the uh, week one post game show, the Fan Express line, 15 minutes after the Bucks game. We'll talk about it right here on the Skull Purple Podcast YouTube channel for you audio listeners. That's right on our YouTube platform. Um, so go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already, and join us ahead of time. Don't uh, don't wait for the audio to drop on Monday. Come and join us. Vent your feelings. Express your feelings on whatever happens on September 10th that day. So um, looking forward to that. And uh, Andrew, welcome back to the show, man. We're glad to have you with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And I think you recapped it uh, perfectly there. Lions Super Bowl. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, you know, if if there is one other team that I would like to see get their first Super Bowl, uh, the Lions probably would be on that list. Yeah, no. I know it's just as painful for the Vikings fans over there. <laughs> if not more so. It, it, I don't know. It, you probably were so entwined with the mediocrity that uh, it was probably probably just like second nature at that point, right? Uh, yeah, I honestly became numb to it at that point. But this is a, a new <laughs> year, optimism, all-time high. So I got to shift the way I think for once. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, looking forward to talking with you. Um, let's start here. Uh, since we didn't really have a chance to talk too much about the Lions during the offseason, uh, what are you thinking in regards to how the Lions did this offseason? Uh, what should have they maybe done differently? Or do you think that they did things exactly how they should have done things? Personally, I'm a huge fan of what Brad Holmes has done in the offseason. And I think our biggest issue last year was our back seven, specifically our corners and our safeties. And as I'm sure everyone knows at this point, we went out, got Cam Sutton, signed Gardner Johnson, which to me was probably the biggest, one of the biggest underrated signings in all the offseason. The fact we were able to get him for one year, $6 million, like I would have never guessed that would have happened. So you're now going from Jeff Okuda and Amani Arawarie, who just got cut by the Giants, and arguably the Lions had the worst cornerback duel in all football last year. It's now a DB room with Gardner Johnson, with Cam Sutton, with Brian Branch, who's having a heck of a 
training camp so far. So in terms of the defensive side of the ball, I love what they've done because they turned their biggest weakness into now arguably maybe one of their biggest strengths. And then on the offensive side of the football, I think a lot of fans across the league were looking at the Lions and they said, hey, this is a team that had a horrible defense last year. So they're probably going to only focus on the defense this offseason. But in this modern age of football, like you, as I like to say, you have to Ferrari that offense. You got to continue to add playmakers, especially if you want to beat someone like Patrick Mahomes week one. So love what they did in getting Gibbs, love what they did in adding Laporta in the second round, the tight end from Iowa. So all in all, I mean, I think as a Lions fan, it's My pretty boy. hard to find anything to complain about. Yeah, I love Laporta. Uh, I know that everybody's going to find that shocking from a Hawkeyes fan, but uh, love Sam Laporta. And uh, yeah, you replace TJ Hawkinson with another Iowa tight end. So there you go. Hey, I guess if it doesn't work once, then hopefully it works the second time. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, and, and maybe we'll still differ on this, but I think the Lions did TJ Hawkinson a disservice by not integrating him more into the offense. That's just my take because he, he thrived in Minnesota last year uh, when he came to the Vikings. I, I know the run blocking thing is maybe something that Detroit fans were upset with, but TJ's uh, mainly a receiver. Like that's, that's his main, his main uh, bread and butter there. Yeah. I think for, at least from the Lions perspective, number one, I think it came down to that contract. And obviously with the reports coming out right now, like, our general manager just was never going to pay him the kind of money that he wanted to ultimately get. So I think he was just getting ahead of that contract talk and went out and traded him before he would have to pay him or potentially record setting contract. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That is a good point because now the Vikings are kind of like thinking, okay, what do we do here? Because not only do we have to pay TJ Hawkinson, we also have to pay, the best wide receiver in the league and just Jefferson. Um, and then we also have to figure out what we're going to do at quarterback going forward is Kirk cousins coming back. And are we going to pay him another 30 plus million dollars a year? So there's a lot of salary going to three players. If you bring in TJ Hawkinson for what he's wanting a, a record setting deal for a tight end. So yeah, that, that's a good point. Uh, the, the contract I think is maybe what could hold teams back, but I, I won't say that, I won't say that TJ isn't worth it. I think he probably would be worth it, but it just depends on how you want to allocate those dollars and um, what you value compared to some of the other positions on your team. So, yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb. And I mean, I, I know Carson and I talked about this on a show that we recorded <clears throat> a little earlier uh, when we were talking about just, again, you know, some of the roster cuts, kind of the current status of the of the team and uh yeah i mean the contract situation with hawkinson is a is a thing and uh, you know you can't get mad at a guy for wanting to get his money but at the same time uh you know sometimes it's not a good fit on a team that already has some pretty large expenditures so um yeah we'll see what happens i think uh, detroit in a lot of ways just had the foresight to kind of maybe see some of that coming up the production wasn't quite as what it was in Minnesota. Um, and uh, ultimately, I don't think it's a move that was bad for either either party, at least at this stage. Yeah, I mean, the Lions replaced the uh, tight end with a tight end, right? 
I mean, that's that's basically what they used. That it was that second round pick, right? That they used on Laporta. They actually used um, the pick that we got in the Hawkinson trade to trade back and get Hendon Hooker. So, oh, okay. depending on what Lions fan you want to ask, we might have used that pick to get our quarterback at the future. But I mean, that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> so, 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 was there two first round or two second round picks for the Lions? Then that one of them, their original one, they used to get Laporta. Yeah, that was. Uh, okay. We actually had three second round draft picks because we oh, traded three. back from okay. six to twelve to nice. Gibbs. So yeah, our, our GM loves to stockpile draft picks. Oh, I you know, I wish the Vikings and Tony probably would agree with me on this. I wish the Vikings will uh, stockpile actually good draft picks instead of sixth and seventh <laughs> round picks all the time, which seems to be the theme, especially back in the Spielman days. And Quasi's kind of adopted that a little bit. Not not too bad compared to Rick, but yeah, it's it's you know, I think it the jury's out on on the way that our new or newest GM will handle things. I kind of think we will probably see a uptick in draft capital via some moves that are going to be made, but I think that's going to be more of a, we'll see what happens this year. Um, again, I, I do think that this team and of course we're going to talk about record predictions and all these things, but you know, the Vikings are in an interesting spot because uh, they really need to figure out if they want to remain competitive, what does that look like? Um, and if they're not going to remain competitive, then you have to start looking at what assets do you have and how do you sell your assets while they're the most valuable um, to essentially build for the future and do that as efficiently as possible. And, you know, that includes a guy like, like Hawkinson. Uh, uh, we actually talked a little earlier, or I, I'm not even going to put this on Carson. I floated the idea that, uh, you know, there is a contract situation there right now. And, you know, if the season doesn't start out real strong, um, I could see them potentially exploring options because you're going to want to get something from that asset. Uh, and, uh, you know, the other, of course, uber controversial take that I've thrown out there, <laughs> same can be said at the very end of the season. Um you know, we got a quarterback situation. We also just so happen to have the best receiver in football. I bet a lot of teams would pay up a lot of draft capital for that receiver. And that probably buys us capital for a shiny new toy at the top of next year's draft. Um, and, um, you know, maybe some capital going forward. So it's just going to be very interesting to see what happens. Yep. Well, uh, Andrew, let's uh, let's dive into the state of the Lions um, and let's focus on the offensive side of the ball first. Uh, my favorite side of the ball. Um, I do like defense, but I'm I'm more of an offensive guy. I, I got to be honest. Um, so, what are your thoughts on the Lions' offense? Obviously, you bring back Jared Goff again at quarterback. Like him, love him, or hate him, I guess. Um, I think he's done a lot to improve over the last year. Um, but uh, just your overall thoughts on the offense. I know you kind of talked a little bit about it with some of the weapons that they acquired in the offseason with Sam Laporta, different people. But um, what is your overall takeaway from what you've heard in training camp, maybe what you've seen? Um, and yeah, just your overall synopsis, if you will, of the Lions offense at this moment. 
Yeah, I'm I'm extremely bullish on the Lions offense. And obviously they finished top five in scoring last year. I think this year that that's going to be repeated again. And I, you know, I've said this on, on record quite a few times to Lions fans. It's like if you look at this offseason, every move that our general manager Brad Holmes made was to build around Jared Goff and play to his strengths. So for example, you look at Sam Laporta. This is one of the most most athletic tight ends coming out of the draft class, had one of the best three cone times. He's he's extremely elite at being able to pull away from those linebackers. And in a play action based offense with Jared Goff, you need that tight end who can run those crossing routes and get that yak yardage. And then on top of that, I understand, you know, Jared Goff had those two down years in L.A., but his best years was when he had an elite running back in Todd Gurley. And I think a lot of people forget just how important Todd Gurley was to that Rams offense in the passing game as well. So now when you're now when you're looking at the Lions offense, you just gave Jared Goff two weapons that build that play to his strengths. So if you can have a top five scoring offense last year and now you get now everyone's coming into year two in the same scheme, Ben Johnson's returning. And now you add two legitimate playmakers in Laporta and Gibbs. There's absolutely no reason why. I would ex- I would think the Lions offense would regress. And so as a Lions fan, I think this is going to continue to be the strength of the team moving forward. And I think Jared Goff's e- job just got even easier with all the weapons they've added. So, I, I, I mean, I'm projecting a, a top five scoring off- offense once again. I have a quick question for you. Um, so this is something I said this offseason uh after you know obviously teams are making moves you've got free agency that opens up right <clears throat> uh you know as an outsider if i were a lions fan i'll say that maybe so speaking as an outsider but i'm saying if i were a lions fan um one move that was a little curious to me not necessarily from a talent standpoint but one that reminded me of a team that's dear to my heart that's not a Vikings team. Uh, I was surprised to see the Jamison Williams uh, move. Not so much because I don't think that like Gibbs could be an upgrade because I think almost instantly he probably is from a just a raw talent standpoint. But I'm a big Timberwolves fan. And I don't know if you're a basketball fan, if you follow the NBA much. But I was really excited about the Timberwolves heading into this last season. And then we had the Rudy Gobert trade, which I was not a big fan of. But one of the biggest pieces of that trade that bothered me was we got rid of Patrick Beverly. Not the most talented guy on the team. Not necessarily the guy that you're going to go to. You know, not you know, it's the final minutes of the game. Um, he's not the superstar or even a, one of the superstars. But he was kind of the heart and soul of that team. Right. He was the he was the motivator. Uh, and I kind of felt like Williams was a little bit of that for you guys on offense. So losing that piece, uh, is there any concern of that with you uh, maybe heading into the season? And I know that's kind of a nuancey take, but uh, what are your thoughts there? No, I mean, I absolutely agree. He quite literally was the heart and soul for the last two years, especially a team that was going through you know, a ton of transition after Matt Patricia. So what he was able to do from a, like a leadership aspect for this team absolutely meant everything. And Dan Campbell came out and has said numerous times, like 
he truly appreciates all that Jam or Jamal Williams was able to do, not only on Jamal. the field, but okay. I yeah. was very confused there for a second. Jamal Williams, you're, Jamal you're talking Williams. about Tony. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, not yeah, Jameson. Jamal Williams. Jamison Williams, also a lion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's sorry. <laughs> yeah, but that's I, another story. I think too. Um, I think some uh, the Lions have a ton of leaders in that locker room, and I think some of it was amplified by hard knocks, right? Like he kind of, Jamal Williams kind of turned into that social media star, the Detroit Lions, TikTok, put him on TikTok, put him on all the socials. Obviously his speech on hard knocks, hard knocks went viral. So I think from the outside looking in, it looks like Jamal Williams is maybe like the biggest leader, the only leader on the Lions team. But in reality, it's like, no, they have like five, six, seven, eight other guys that are just as big of a leader as Jamal Williams is. It's just, you're not seeing it displayed out on social or out on in front of the media. So it's maybe I'm not, not that concerned about it, to be honest. I think we've got the culture established already, and there's so many other guys outside of Jamal Williams that bring that leadership aspect that I, I'm not concerned. Yeah. Yeah, and I think just to expand on that a little bit, I, I don't disagree with you. And I think that sometimes the media will, again, you know, they need their storylines. They need the clicks. Uh, everybody likes a good narrative, right? Um, and and not to say that it wasn't real, uh, just to say that sometimes it can be yeah. a bit overblown. Um, I think the one thing that the Lions, as an organization and as a ball club, and I, and I know I'm not telling you anything new, is going to have to overcome is the same thing that, and you're, you're not going to like what I have to say here, but it's going to be the same thing that a team like the Browns never seem to be able to overcome because they've had some elite rosters coming into seasons where everybody's like, this is it. This is the year that I don't know how they could be bad, you know? Like, and then for some reason, things just don't seem to go well. And I think part of it is there's a psyche where it's like, we got to get this monkey off our back that we're not a winning franchise. And I think that sometimes having the leaders that are willing to be like, you know, forget that probably in more aggressive terms than I just said, <laughs> um, you know, we, we, we are our own club. We are whatever we want to be. But I think sometimes guys that don't have that leadership, it's easy to sink into this place of like, here we go again, especially guys that have been on the team for, maybe three, four years, something like that. So I think they got to shake that off their back. And honestly, as Carson mentioned in the beginning, even as a Vikings fan, I, I hope they do. Of course, I hope the Vikings do phenomenally as well. <laughs> but I, I do. There, I will always have a soft spot for the Lions because uh, we've experienced so much heartbreak. You know, we we certainly look across the, uh, the division and we kind of see you guys as uh, maybe not our brothers, but maybe our cousins uh, where we're like, yeah, if, if the Vikings aren't going to do well, I have no problem rooting for the lions. Uh, if they get in the, the playoffs, uh, you know, I, I can, I'm not, I'm probably not putting on a Jersey, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I don't feel bad rooting for the Lions. Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. With the Packers. <laughs> no, I, I hope the Packers lose every game, every season. <laughs> There's a different feeling there. Oh, I'm with you there. I mean, when it comes to Vikings, I think the fans, entire NFC North yeah. is there. As long as I'm not rooting for the Bears, I'm not rooting for the Packers. But Vikings, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, and you love Kirk Cousins, so that kind of adds fuel to the fire there. That's true. Go Green, yeah. Sparty. That's right. That's right. <laughs>
That's right. All right. Well, um, I think we've exhausted quite a bit on the Lions offense. I, I guess the, the last thing I'll say is, or the last question I'll pose to you here on the Lions offense, do they have enough weapons? Speaking of the other Williams, uh, Jamison Williams, he's out for how many games again is it? He's out is the it, first six games. First six games? Yep. So he's out the first six games. Um, they did bring in another receiver, didn't they? They brought in some. They brought in somebody. Marvin Jones. Yeah, Marvin Jones. But what is he going to be like? Is he going to be a shell of himself? I know you got, um, I know you got uh, Laporta coming in here. But are you at all worried that the Lions don't have enough weapons for Jared Goff uh, on offense? Yeah, I think that's a really valid question because I think a lot of Lions fans feel this way and I might be I think I'm on the opposite end of that where I think that the Lions do have enough weapons and even with Jamison Williams missing the first six games because what the Lions want to be they don't want to be this dominant passing team of course we got a great receiving back we got a great uh, receiving tight end but at the end of the day they want to be a run first football team and dictate everything they do on the ground and run behind one of the best if not the best offensive line in football so as long as the run game is elite and is and is efficient, I think that that can make up for the fact that you don't have Jamison Williams for those first six games. But now, if you're playing, you know, you go through these first six weeks and you aren't able to run the ball effectively, and now you're forced to pass a lot more than you want to, then, yeah, I think I'm a little bit more concerned about the weapons we have. But I think for now, I got to see how that run game come is like how effective that run game is come week one. Yeah, yeah. Well, and of course, always my, and I've expressed this to you many times, I think, and I've probably expressed it to Tony more times than he can count, but my trust in Jared Goff and Dan Campbell, like, I think they both have great potential. I love Dan Campbell as a motivator. He seems to know what he's doing in terms of getting his players fired up for games and his players love him, absolutely love him, but it doesn't seem like it fails that there's always one one or two games a season, at least the last couple of years and two years ago, more than that, where Jared Goff or Dan Campbell or both make mistakes, whether it's like, oh, we shouldn't have gone for it or we shouldn't have uh, used a timeout or whatever, just different, different things, Goff with interceptions, turnovers, whatever. So I'm just curious, do you think that those two or one of those two could potentially be what hurts the Lions in terms of maybe not getting to their fullest potential this season? Yeah, personally, I have a ton of faith in both Jared Goff and Dan Campbell. And I think one thing that a lot of people forget is just like a rookie coming into his first season, there's going to be growing pains, right? Just like how we sometimes these players have a sophomore slump and, and, same thing is with a head coach like Dan Campbell. Like this is a guy that didn't have a ton of coaching head coaching experience. I guess he was an interim head coach for Miami, but like he's learning on the job as well. And so you have to, and they talk about this all the time and you know, their press conferences or interviews, like you have to go grow through those growing pains early on those first two years to truly understand and learn from those mistakes so that they don't happen in that third year where you're trying to compete, which is this year. So I agree with you there. There were definitely moments where both Campbell and Goff made tons of mistakes, but I think they had to make those mistakes those first two years to get to a point now 
where you as a, whereas a fan base, we can truly trust them and they're not going to repeat those mistakes. Yeah. Any uh, questions, Tony, that you have uh, remaining on the Lions offense for Andrew? No, I think we covered everything. I mean, uh, I think the concerns that I know you brought up, Carson, are, are you know, certainly valid, but I certainly see the optimism. And, and I think on on paper, and that's every team right now, so I'm not saying that as a slight. It's just nobody's played any meaningful football yet. Um, you know, on paper, this team um, looks to make a step, you know, and um, I think that ultimately it's going to be very telling how they either take advantage of that or don't. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of pressure on a ball club. Um, I've talked about this before. As a Vikings fan, I almost feel like I'm in a comfortable space because everybody's <laughs> writing us off. Everybody's like, yeah, they're going to be it. So, I mean, I saw somebody today put out a, a tweet or an X or a whatever they call them now uh, that had the Vikings coming in fourth in the division. So whatever. I mean, you know, I, I'm, a, you know, I, this is where I'm in my, you know, I'm comfortable here as a fan. It's when we have these really high lofty expectations that I start to feel uncomfortable. So I would say as a, a Lions fan, I would imagine it's the same where it's like, it, obviously it's fun when the media and your fan base is excited. Like, obviously you wouldn't really want it any other way, but I'm sure uh, in your heart of hearts, there's a little that little demon on the, the your shoulder yeah. that's, just, that's just like, don't let it get, you know, like, don't don't get too excited. Because uh, yeah. that's what yeah. happens with, with me. You know, we've had years where, I mean, I'll tell like 2010, you know, after the Favre run in 09, it was like the Vikings are going back. There's, I mean, it was basically the same team, right? Oh, yeah. And then 2010 was a disaster, you know, so. You know, you just, I, I hope the best for you guys, but I definitely uh, understand the excitement, but also that little bit of pressure, I'm sure, is a little anxiety inducing. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Dan Campbell and Jared Goff have come out, and a lot of our players have come out, and they've said, like, numerous times, like, to the media, like, we haven't done anything yet. At the end of the day, we were, we didn't make the playoffs last year. We didn't win the division. Like, we still need to prove that we're the team everyone thinks we are. So it's nice to know that at least yeah. our head coach and our players have that mindset that they haven't proven anything. But obviously yeah. it's like a Lions, like as a Lions fan, when you see all this like hype content online or on TV every single day, you just can't help but think like Lions Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to well, see. That is that is a very good thing though. You've got to be encouraged that your coach and your quarterback are saying those things because that means they know it takes the actual work to pull it off. Like you can't just, you know, like the old saying, I don't know, I've probably used it on this show before, but hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And we've seen that in the NFL. And, you know, sometimes teams get lucky and all that, you know, Vikings 11 and 0 in one score games. We could debate that. Um, but, you know, there there is a level to, you know, like so many other teams that in the past have built, oh, this this roster on paper looks so good. You know, you go back to the Philadelphia years when they had uh, Nabdi Asamoah they bought in. They brought in Michael Vick, and Michael Vick was going to lead them to the promised land, and 
they had built this old people home, almost like in a nursing home of uh, really good NFL players that were good like three, four or five years ago. And it's like, well, they didn't perform. The Vikings beat them on a Tuesday night football game. Um, and that was uh, quite the game, by the way. Uh, Joe Webb started that game, I think, Tony, if you remember that one. Oh, I remember. Um, <laughs> so, it, you know, and there's other examples, too, where teams, you know, they have this pressure. They have this high hopes. You know, you've got the talent. But um, whether it's just they're too... Uh, hung up on how good they are or they don't put in the hard work or maybe they just don't mesh together like that's something too do they mesh together in the locker room that's something that we don't talk about enough I don't think with teams just in general not just the Lions um, but so yeah that that's where you know you got to be a little cautious uh, and I think that's why it's a good thing that Campbell and Goff are doing that and saying, hey, let's go earn this thing every single week. You go one and know, like the old cliche, we go one and know every week. That's our goal. That's our goal. You know, we don't want to get too high, uh, high and mighty. We don't want to be too excited going forward. But sometimes, like you said, with social media, it's kind of hard not to. So it's probably why the players or it's at least some of them try to stay off social media because it's like, well, if you're on there, you could get really high or really low opinions of yourself real quick. Yeah, just ask Jamison Williams. Been, oh uh, boy, yeah, media dragon for his. He, he liked a uh, Lamar Jackson post, and the media just wrote headline after headline that Jamison Williams hates Jared Goff because he liked a photo of Lamar Jackson, which is it's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> oh, yep, yep. Diva wide receiver. Here we go. He hasn't even done anything, and he's already a diva. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. There man. you go. All right. Well, moving on um, to the state of the Lions defense, I think this is the area of probably most of your concern. It was kind of the same way with the Bears when we talked uh, with Kevin Lapka. Um, the Bears defense was a concern, and I think the Lions defense is better than the Bears defense. So let me just say that. Um, but, uh, I think that there still has to be some sort of a concern in terms of, are they going to mesh? Like, is this defense going to mesh? Cause they have a lot of names. They did bring in a lot of names on defense, um, this off season. And a lot of those guys I do like, but, um, my biggest question is, will they mesh on game day? What are your overall thoughts on the state of the defense? What are some of the big acquisitions that you're happy about? All that good stuff. Yeah, so I think when it comes to the defense, I think a lot of Lions fans are very optimistic about this defense. And personally, I think I'm a little bit more pessimistic when it comes to the defense than most Lions fans are. And I know that they're not going to like it when I say that. Um, but I think you made a good point, Carson. I mean, at the end of the day, you do have a lot of new faces on that back end of the defense. And that was something that this team struggled with last year, which was, was communication on the back end. And it got better as the year, as the season went on. But I guess you're hoping as a Lions fan and as a coaching staff, like, well, Gardner Johnson's been in the league for whatever it is now, six years. And Cam Sutton's coming into year seven. And Jerry Jacobs, our number two cornerbacks coming into year three. So I think they're hoping, like, we got veterans on this team now. So they should not have communication issues early on because they've been in the league for so long. But to your point, it's like, I got, it's like that 
at least is a good idea, right? But I got to wait and see it actually unfold onto the field at the end of the day. So um, definitely, I think having a lot of new moving pieces, I think there could be a little bit of struggles here and there to start the season. But I think, you know, come week four, week five, I think they'll be firing on, on all cylinders. Tony, any thoughts? Uh, I mean, I don't, I think it's just with this much new, and I mean, you touched on it at the beginning as well. Um, you know, we've got, what, two new corners, which are very uh, established, I think, upgrades at corner. It's really just going to come down to what does this look like on Sundays? Um, I'm certainly not going to be one to to come out and say it's going to be you know, the next, uh, not that you were saying this either, but you know, I'm not, I'm not willing to say they're going to be the 85 bears and I'm not willing to come out and say they're going to be, uh, you know, worse than they were last year. Cause I don't think that's going to be the case either. I just think when you start kind of looking at a brand new season, new personnel, people coming back from injuries, new free agent signings, uh, it's just too hard to tell what this defense is going to look like. I think there's some definite promise there from a talent perspective. Um, so we'll just see what happens. I mean, I, I think that they should do well, um, but how much better and how that translates to games, um, you know, we're not going to know until we get into meaningful football. So um, as a Vikings fan, I'm not going to fear it yet, but at the same time, I do think that, that it's going to be a more, uh, I think at least formidable defense than, than what uh, they trotted out last year. Yeah, I think we play you guys uh, week 16. So hopefully at that point, like we'll have a definitive answer. It's like, okay, the Lions defense is legit or hey, maybe something's got to change and we got to be worried as Lions fans. Yeah. Do yeah. we, do we play you guys two out of the final three weeks? Yeah. 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 That was an interesting way to schedule it, but yeah, well, that'll be interesting. That'll be, be interesting. a fun stretch. They always yeah. seem to know something. These schedule, yeah, yeah. Vegas, yeah. baby. <laughs> Vegas, they know, they know. Well, and uh, my record will probably tell you um, that uh, I'm not too far off with Vegas in terms of it going down to the wire. But, anyways, um, <laughs> not that that's a segue. I know, I know. I'm Vegas. I'm telling you, I'm Vegas. I know <laughs> what they're talking about. I'm in those meetings. No, just kidding. Um, but you have uh, the script. That's right. That's right. Did you get the script for the year, by the way? It's leaked. Yeah. Just kidding. The Lions uh win one playoff game. That's all I can tell you. Oh. Okay. I mean, I'll take that as a Lions fan. I haven't I've I wasn't alive for the last <laughs> one, so that's good for me. It's like the it's like twins fans at this point. Like you you almost weren't alive for the last twins playoff win. And so it's like, yeah, you know, we we just take a playoff win. We don't even need a series win. We'll just take a playoff win, you know. But uh yeah, I, I think uh for me, uh the Lions defense, um they've got a lot of young talent on that defensive line. Uh I'm really excited to see how that continues to flourish. Um, I obviously Hutchinson, I think is really good. Um, I thought maybe coming out, he would be just a little bit of a bust because I thought he was just so overhyped, but he's lived up to it. I think so far, 
Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see if he continues to do that and some of the other pieces they have on the defensive line. But yeah, it, the transition for the secondary is going to be interesting to me, how they are able to mesh together. They've got the pieces, it seems like, on paper, but uh, do those pieces live up to their potential, and do they mesh together? That's that's the big thing for me. Tony, any any thoughts on the uh, Lions defense you want to add? No, no. I think, and again, I, as I stated before, I think just proof's going to be in the pudding on how this defense looks, um, much like some other defenses in this uh, division. Uh, you know, ours included here in purple. <laughs> We just don't. We just don't know what that's going to look like. It's a lot of new. There's been uh, obviously a pretty big coaching change for us. Scheme change. Uh, it's. It's just I don't know. You know. Uh, I think optimism probably, and and deservedly so, should be higher for the Lions defense uh, than it is for the Vikings defense. But uh, you know that's why they play the games on Sunday and not uh, on a week weekday evening. Uh, when we're all talking right now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that is going to almost wrap things up. We've got to get a record prediction, though, of course, uh, from Andrew. And uh, then we're going to end. Like, we're not going to give our prediction. We're just going to let him give his. No, just kidding. We'll give <laughs> ours, too. Let me. I'm pulling up the schedule right now because I gotta. I gotta remember. He's got. He's got to go through. He's gonna scout it all. Tony. <laughs> Tony. Well, uh, let's let's have you. Uh, let's have you give your thoughts on the Lions' schedule. Uh, where do you think this team ends up? And you know, even if it's just a ballpark. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. And I, I, as I've stated before, I don't really like to go with exact win loss because I just think there's too many variables. So I'm gonna give a range. Uh, you're not gonna like it. Just so you know, um, me, me or him? No, no, no. Our resident lions fan, uh, <laughs> not gonna like it that much. Um, but just hear me out. It's gonna be a little similar than the messaging that I'm hearing from your oh, coach. 16. And I'm just saying, better look, not. It's it's <laughs> it. I need to see it first. It's just uh, and and I. And I only say that because the track record, I don't think anybody can can deny, hasn't been great. So it's just we need to see it before I'm ready to crown them the new leader of this division. So for me, I've got them in a win range of somewhere between 7 to 10 wins. And and it's and and that doesn't mean that I'm going to be surprised if they win seven or they win 10, it just means I, that's a comfortable zone for me on wins there for that team. Um, I feel like if everything goes right, then they could be at 10, 11 wins. I think this division probably gets taken by anyone that can get to 11 wins. That That's my opinion. Um, so um, I think, yeah, seven to 10 wins. And, and it's, you know, and it's not that again, I don't believe in them. It's just until they prove to me that they're not going to be the same franchise that we've seen a lot of struggling franchises where they get a lot of hype and they get a lot of talent. And then for whatever reason, things just don't work. Um, and until they break that cycle, I just don't have enough for me to again, crown them at 10 or 11 wins. 
Could they get there? A thousand percent. On paper, they should be there. And I think anything less than that should feel like a disappointment of a season for this team um, because I think they have all the pieces. So in a lot of ways, I hope that doesn't happen. But if I was a betting man, I would probably put a range 7 to 10. I think that's fair. But uh, better not tell some Lions fans that because I know that some Lions fans are super optimistic and they they can't even fathom seven wins. And then they'll... Although they aren't going to like that. So, but, but I think your argument is, or your, you know, stance is valid. I mean, at the end of the day, like you seeing is believing. Yeah. 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 And like I said, seven, seven means things have gone pretty poorly, but again, yeah, that, that would be to me, that would be like going Owen 16, like for the lions. Like I, I think that would be a disaster like for the lions. Like I, Obviously, record-wise, ah, oh, seven wins. Eh. But you know, like with the expectations that they have, to me, that would be almost as bad as going 0-16, and actually worse if you want to look at it in terms of draft, because then you're not picking at the top of the draft. You're picking, oh, wait a minute, where the Vikings usually pick in the middle of the pack, and you're having to fight for the best pick, and you don't get the quarterback that you want. Uh, hence being a Vikings fan. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the doldrums of mediocrity, right? <laughs> That's right. Welcome to the uh, Dunderdome. Uh, not Thunderdome. Dunderdome. Yeah, there um, you go. So, uh, Andrew, have you uh, have you been able to formulate your record prediction? Yeah, and so for me, I think the floor for the Lions is nine wins, which is how many wins they had last year. And the reason I think that their floor can't be big is, is nine wins is because they did that last year with all these unproven rookies with the worst defense in NFL history through the first six games with, in, with an injury to a key player on the offensive line without an elite running back like Jameer Gibbs with, you know, they traded TG Hawkinson midway through the season. So for me, it's like if that roster last year can win nine games and you add all these new pieces, there is no reason why they should lose anything less than nine games. So in terms of my prediction, and I actually think that the Lions are going to come out week one and beat Kansas City. And that's not just me being a a Kool-Aid Lions fan, like everything's up. I'm super optimistic. I just think I just think that when you look at Kansas City, it looks like Chris Jones isn't going to play. Their, their other top pass yeah, rusher, Omenahu, is suspended. Legereus Sneed is dealing with knee arthritis, might not be available as well. And it's week one. Anything can happen on a given, I guess, Thursday in this case. And with the Lions' new pieces on offense, there's no game film on them. Like, as a defensive coordinator, how do you game plan for Sam Laporta? How do you game plan for Jameer Gibbs? It's just going to be one of those games where just a lot of crazy stuff happens. And so I actually think they shocked the world and uh, beat the Kansas City Chiefs. But this is where I think I differ from other Lions fans is I think that we start off super hot, beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Everyone's, you know, all eyes are on the Lions. And then I think Super Bowl, let's go. But then I think (laughs) come week two against the Seahawks, that's a team I'm more afraid of than the Kansas City Chiefs. So I actually got the Lions losing the following week to the Seahawks as well as losing at Green Bay. So I actually think they're going to start two and two to start the season. And which kind of lines up with what's happened the first two years where we start slower and finish hot. And I think that trend will continue, not to the extent that we saw the first two years, 
But I still think that there are going to be some losses earlier on versus the Lions just starting 4-0, starting 5-1, starting 4-1. So I guess for my final roster or schedule prediction in terms of win-loss, I think I'm going to go with the floor of nine wins. So a 9-8 and eight record would be worst-case scenario. And I think if I were a betting man, I would probably say 12 wins. Wow. 12, 11 to 12 wins. I'll Actually, let me <laughs> – 12 wins we'll go 12 wins 12 and 5 going 12 scenario go big or go home right yeah yeah no you know in uh like four months from now when we uh post this back on twitter um we'll uh we'll make sure to we'll make sure to at you and you'll either be very correct or uh we'll have to we'll have to have a talk no (laughs) but uh but here here we go here's here's my Here's here's what's gonna happen. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, maybe um, you said you had the script, so yeah, that's right, that's right. I do. Um, so this is what's gonna happen. So I have the Lions going eleven and six, and I think I think twelve is the absolute max for them. So I think your twelve wins like that that is literally everything going right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think 11 wins still a lot goes right, but, um, I think they beat up, um, some of the rest of the NFC North. I think they'll at least, I think they'll at least win. Well, uh, let's see. So you get, uh, they'll probably sweep green Bay. They'll probably at least split with both the Vikings and the bears, at least if not, if not sweep the bears and who knows, maybe the Vikings too. Um, I would like to remind you, we did go five so, and one last year, so we got a good track yeah, record. Yeah, yeah. So, so there you go. Um, so, yeah, I I would say you're at least looking at four wins, probably or three it, at minimum three, if not four wins in the division. So, it's that's that's four wins right there, and then, yeah, I think I think they've got a good shot to get to eleven after that. Um, and then, shockingly, I know this is a Vikings show. I can't say this, but uh, the Vikings, ten and seven. I have them finishing just below the Lions. So there you go. There's the there's the one game difference at the end of the season. Eleven and six, ten and seven, just like the uh, Vegas odds makers would have loved to hear. Um, so there you go. There's what the what the script is. And then You're saying um, it comes down to week eighteen, then. Well, it could be, or it could be the Vikings. Well, yeah, I'm guessing it will because if if I have them at eleven and six, um, unless unless they wrap it up before then and the Vikings finish a game back in that game, yeah. I don't know how that would work. I'd have to think about that, I guess. But it could, it could very well come down to it that I, because why could, not? It could. Because yeah, why maybe, not? That's Vikings fans are used to it, right, Tony? That's right. I mean, to be clear, my range for the Vikings isn't that dissimilar. I mean, I would say for the Vikings, I'm looking at probably instead of the range of 7 to 10 I put on the Lions, I got the Vikings with a range of about 8 to 11. Um, so, again, I'm thinking that ceiling, except for the Vikings, I would say ceiling for this team, in my opinion, is probably 11 for the Vikings. Um, I don't think they should do any worse than eight wins, though. Um this team just has too much talent on the offensive side of the ball and the defense should be, it can't be any worse 
I mean, they were basically dead last last year. Uh, so um, it's and in some ways almost a similar story than the Lions. You know, they score a ton of points. The problem mm-hmm. was they just couldn't stop anybody. Uh, exactly. So, you know, and I think both of these ball clubs didn't get any worse. I mean, I know everybody's at the Dalvin thing, but we were not that great of a rushing team last year. Um, so that was not what this offense did well. Uh, so um, both teams, I think, didn't do anything to make themselves worse offensively. And I think they're both trying to improve defensively. So I, I do think it's going to be a dogfight down to the end with both of these teams. Um, I think they're going to be in the mix. I think the Bears are probably going to be behind the Bears and the and the or the Vikings and the Lions, but I don't think they're I don't think they're going to be crazy far behind. I think that they, you know, may end up somewhere in the six to eight win uh, mark. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Green Bay. I know everybody's trying to hype them up. But just for consistency reasons, I, I have basically said I would be pretty surprised if they win more than six games. I, I think they're going to be, uh, I think they're going to struggle. Um, and uh, I mean, unless Jordan Love really is the next great thing, personally, I think Green Bay is probably looking at this next season and going, you know, if we crash and burn, we'll just find the next Hall of Fame quarterback at the top of the next draft. Yeah, and, we don't uh, want them to crash and burn too much. That's what I mean. You know, I, I, <laughs> I think it's all part of the plan, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, that's just me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will say one more thing uh, to you, Andrew. I actually am not in disagreement on the week one game against Kansas City. I, uh, I'm i thinking people are starting to overlook this game a little bit. Like, it is week one. Like, crazy things have happened in week one that don't seem to maybe happen normally. And, you know, not saying that they couldn't beat the Chiefs normally, but like you said, not seeing the new offense or the offensive weapons, um, some of those key injuries for the Chiefs. Chris Jones is a huge difference maker on that defense. Like, it is night and day what he does on that defense to make that defense better. So... I will say this. If if the Lions are going to beat the Chiefs, it's going to be a 24 points or less of a game. Like, both teams are going to score 24 or under. If it gets to be a shootout, I'm taking the Chiefs. So that's that's what I'll say. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'll save yeah. my first official prediction. But Yeah, and, I, and this is one thing I'm just going to add to that, and this just goes back to my earlier statement about expectations And the thing that, again, safe space for me as a Vikings fan um, and what in years past has given me the fan anxiety. And this is a true thing. Like teams know, like they know who's getting hyped up. They know who is getting propped up as like, oh, this team's going to be the next great, you know, squad that's on the rise. Let me tell you, these teams that are already at the top, they don't want to hear it. So the problem is, I think, for the Lions is now they have to move from this team that was like under the radar, ooh, we're surprising everybody, to now the expectation is that like, oh, no, they're going to be good because a team like the Chiefs is going to come in there and go, really? Okay. you know, <laughs> and, and instead of just being like, who's this team? Where did they come from? Now they're coming in like, okay, little brother, we're going to see. We're going to see who's who here. And I think sometimes that, is like that's a tough thing to deal with is now you kind of got a target on your back 
when you get propped up. And it's almost like, I don't know, for me as a Vikings fan, again, that's why I almost like get excited when everybody props us up, but I'm almost like, shut up. Like, <laughs> please just tell everybody we stink. Cause I don't want these other teams to like ramp up for, for <laughs> the Vikings games. Cause uh, I don't know how that's going to go well. Uh, so I don't know, yeah. man. I, like I said, I hope you guys do. I hope you shock the world. I'm I, in a lot of ways. Again, for me, of course I have my squad. I will always be Vikings fan first and foremost, but um, you know, if you guys have a lot of success, you're not going to find me hating. I mean, I think out of almost all the franchises, I don't know how you could not, how, I don't know how you could hate the lions. Like I just, it's a weird thing. Uh, you probably, I don't know. You, there's something wrong with you. If you hate the lions, in my opinion. <laughs> well, if you want to hop on the lions bandwagon, we got room. So before week one starts, so yeah, I could be an honorary guest. I could be honorary <laughs> guest. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, well, and I've, you know, I don't want to get into a whole spiel here, but I will say the Vikings, I'm cautiously optimistic with them. I think 10 wins is actually probably their ceiling. Now, granted, I said that last year, but I wasn't expecting 11 comeback wins. So, um, or 11 one score wins, sorry. Or maybe it was come back too. Anyways, um, <laughs> I I think uh, I think there's going to be some growing pains with the defense for the Vikings. So that's why I'm like eh, probably in the seven to ten range. Like maybe eleven. Like that could be the biggest. But I'm still kind of in that seven to ten range. I could see the Vikings digressing a little bit um, in terms of win total from last year. I think they might. St- They'll still be a better team. I know that's a common take. Now well, they'll be a better team, but they won't win as many games, which could be the case. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We're getting close to actually seeing the real deal here. So, but uh, so what we got yeah. what a week about about a week now. So as we record this, yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So very good. Well, Andrew, Hey, we really appreciate you uh, coming on, man. Uh, Before you go, please tell the people um, where they can get your content and how they can uh, find you. Yeah. Well, appreciate you guys having me on as usual. It's always super fun to talk with uh, fellow NFC North fans. So appreciate it. And uh, yeah, you can follow me at lions fan report on Twitter. And we also, if you want to learn more about the Lions, we also have the Lions Fan Report podcast across all streaming platforms. So, yeah, Lions Fan Report for for everything. So, appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. Well, thanks for coming on, and we probably won't get you get you to say it again. But uh, as always, <laughs> skull, skull, baby. <laughs> <laughs>